People pick and choose who they love. People pick and choose who they throw shade at. That's why I do what I want. And spending all your time won't never get it back. Time is money, don't be wasting my cash. Give it back, give it back, get it back. Hey, time is money, don't be wasting my stacks. Spending all your time won't never get it back. What up, what up, and welcome to the very 17th episode of the Pick Route. We are your host. My name is Patty. What up, Dang's here. And, and that's it. Kui <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Moose are supposed to be on. Um, technical issues and some other stuff going on with them. And figures we're recording on, you know, we record Sunday nights and it's Father's Day that the two fathers of the group can't get on in the one day that's supposed to be their day and do whatever they want. You know, they can't figure it out, but let us be the last to wish all the fathers out there a very happy Father's Day. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, that, what do you want to talk? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, the audience is in for a treat. They're about to get a little P&D in their mouth. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yep. One day we'll release that logo, which is the greatest logo in the history of logos. Um, <laughs> a little, little P&D in your ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, the one thing that Dank and myself have in common, I think we talked about it a couple times now, is that we're both uh, – Fans of the 2022 NBA champion Golden State Warriors. That's right. Four times, baby. That's four, Dank. Since we've been fans, it's four times. It's it's unreal. Um, and this was kind of like the most satisfying one, too. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. After uh, all the shit talk that, you know, we don't have it anymore. And, right. Um. I mean, we still have stuff. So as long as we have that guy, exactly. And we talked, we talked about it before. I mean, when we got Kevin, it was awesome to have Durant. Um, but you knew the face of the the franchise right. was Steph, right? Know? And you know they'll never, should never get rid of him. No, yeah, and that's what KD kind of realized too is that like, yeah, I'm going to get the championships and stuff like that, but it'll never be my team here. Right, you know, it's going to be stuff, and the way that they've they've gone and, and changed the game, and this this core group of guys that have been around, and you know, you're a, you're a couple injuries away from this being one of, if not the greatest dynasties in NBA history. Yep, you know, you got Steph, and then and then Clay coming back off the the double injuries was just it was just awesome, and you could tell he wasn't he wasn't Clay. Right. Um, he's still a very serviceable starting two guard in the NBA, but Absolutely. he's not he's not that elite class. And it was the thing that me and you always talked about when watching him was everyone wants to talk about the Splash Brothers, and obviously he's one of the greatest shooters of all time, but that wasn't the thing that Clay brought to the team the most. Absolutely it, not. He it, was the best defender. A hundred percent. And we were yelling like the, the year uh, Draymond won defensive player of the year. We're like, oh, that's awesome. But like, he's not even the best defensive player on our team. Right. You watch Clay and Clay was always the one charged with, with shutting down their guy. You right. know, think of all those series with, you know, Houston, when Houston was making their runs, Steph Curry wasn't guarding James Harden. No. You know, it was, it was Clay. So you could tell, you know, he's, he's still a step. Step short, and but what was cool was it looked like Steph realized that and stepped his his defense up. He um, did. he had I mean, a, he still struggles against you know the guys, but right. I mean, he he tries. <laughs> he, had, he had a couple pokes. Yeah, he was able to poke the ball out a couple times, and um, and I still like he got a lot of shit this series, but I I love Draymond so much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's. I he, mean. The rest of – if you're not a Warriors fan, everybody hates him. Oh, I would hate him if he wasn't on the Warriors. <laughs> but you need that guy. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. need someone for them to freaking hate. Yeah, and he's 
he he's the one who like bring it bring it down in the mud and um he's our uh he's our Dennis Rodman you know yeah where he's gonna yeah. he's gonna start some shit sometimes you're like Draymond shut up we kind of need you here bud yeah dude so, <laughs> sometimes I think he takes it too far even you can watch Kerr on the sidelines sometimes I know like, calm down I know and Draymond just like no I know what I'm doing <laughs> what the hell dude um. <laughs> You know, obviously another big series from uh, from some of our young guys or new guys with uh, Wiggins and Poole, uh, who both come out and said that they want to stay with the Warriors and can't you know you can't really blame them for that. Hopefully they're taking team friendly because you know, like you said, it's this core three group of guys that they're going to do whatever it takes to keep them. And I remember there was a uh, a rumor; it was a couple years ago. And it was trading Clay Thompson. Do you remember this one? Who they were looking to trade him for? Yeah. Um, who are they going to get? Uh, I forgot who the talk was for. It was like right after KD. The talk was for uh, this uh, this guy out in Milwaukee named Giannis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the talk. And I'm like. We were both like, no, we want Clay. I was like, oh, yeah, Giannis would be pretty cool too. Giannis would be cool, but <laughs> he's no Clay, right? I mean, for us, um, yeah. I mean, and even look at the like when we had when we got Boogie. Oh my God! When we got Boogie Cousins. I thought we were gonna freak. Oh my God! Lights out, but right. And he actually did have a decent year this year too. Right. Yeah, and the other dude. Um, that was awesome to have back, and you just saw the impact. Yeah, it was was Iggy. Yeah, just fun seeing him out there, and you know they were able to put him out at the end. But like, it sucks he didn't play more because I know he didn't get to do a little na 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 na. Getting Iggy with it, getting Iggy with it, which is still one of my favorites. It's so good. Yeah, so we have uh, <laughs> we have a bunch of sayings, and we do it a lot with football that we'll have to put on like t-shirts or something. Uh, but we have a, a ton of them with the Warriors too. Not uh, not get Iggy with it was very good. Uh, oh, Clay, Clay, Clay. Hashtag Traymon. Traymon, which doesn't happen <laughs> anymore. Whatever, Draymond hit a three. Um, um there's another one. Oh, we used to do uh uh who was it? Harrison come on, Barnes. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Harrison Barnes would make a play, we go It's been a Harrison Barnes sighting because we were yeah. known Harrison Barnes haters. I remember Big Toe would be like, Oh, Harrison Barnes pretty good. I'm like, no. I know no, no, that dude stinks. <laughs> He's terrible. And he's bad at basketball. <laughs> he actually – I'm pretty sure he cost us that one against Cleveland. I know. I, the second year we went. The 3-1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one still stings. Yeah. And Draymond Draymond was suspended that game, so. um, The, the guy that made a comeback, he got hurt in the playoffs, but I think he would have been a huge difference maker too. I mean, we still won, but uh, Gary Payton. Yeah, yep. Um, like he's on his way to becoming, you know, a great defensive player. Agreed. You know, that's what. You know, that's kind of what the Warriors have become. Is they have their their big three, and then it's we're gonna surround them with these role players. And your job is to try really, really hard. <laughs> right. Like we don't need you dropping fifty. Like we got a guy. We got a guy for that. Um, and if he's not on, we got another guy for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know. But go out. You have to play good defense. You, you know. Take open shots. But you know, when thirty or eleven is calling for the ball, find get him. him. Get him the ball. Yeah. I think Clay Thompson has to be. In NBA history, I'm sure some nerd has figured out these numbers, but points per dribble, like I think Clay <laughs> has to be number one. Probably. Like he, he uh, because we always said when Steph is off the court, we would rather have Draymond take the ball up the court than than Clay. Absolutely, absolutely. I get nervous when Clay's taking the ball up the court. You know, yeah. we don't we I don't like him doing that. You know. Um, 
Yeah. Who is the other guy we, we didn't like on the Warriors? Uh, Zaza. Zaza. Zaza Pachulia. He played a uh, a major role, though. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. He yes, played he a did. major role. Knock it out. The only team that could beat the Warriors that year was Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only team that could beat him. The only team. And then, and then freaking, what was it? Two and years then he or did. years later. And he did beat us with the Raptors. I know. Nuts. That one. That's a guy that's shockingly has just fallen off the face I know. of the earth, dude. Really can't see him. Quee says he's restarting again, but who needs him? Right. Um, yeah, you haven't really heard. I mean, he was – you looked at him and he was like the best player in basketball. Dude, unbelievable. Like, he was phenomenal. And I was thinking about that the other day too. Because, you know, it's probably the sport that gets most debated is, like, who's who's the best player of all time. But it's, like, you have to be a power forward or a two-guard to be considered, like, the greatest player of all time. Right. Like, he's, like Steph can't be in that conversation. I mean, I think Steph has been making a very good – I mean, my God. Very my good God. I hate I the – I hate the, like – go ahead. With uh, it was for Kobe, and you know, the amount of times he's dropped it was 40, 50, and 60. I saw that too, yeah, it's crazy. And he crushes like everybody combined, right? Like, he's got more 30 points games than Steph and LeBron combined, right? Combined, he's got more 40 point games than uh, LeBron. Saw that, um, I think Larry Bird, yeah. Uh, it's Fucking nuts what I'm he's like, done. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, or what he did. Um, but also, like, I was watching the other day the uh, the 30 for 30 of uh, I think it's called This Magic Moment, the one about the Orlando Magic teams with Penny yeah, and with Shaq. Shaq, yeah. And just how good and <laughs> dominant Shaq was for so long. Like, he was yeah. unstoppable. Like, Dude, it's nuts how, like, literally we changed the game because that's what basketball was. Like, I know. Was a big man. Right. fed him the ball. Yeah. You know, he was able to take over games and just. Right. Like, well, that's what. Shitty that's what. Uh, what Moose would say, too, is, like, the Warriors played like we were told not to play. Right. <laughs> you know, like, jacking up threes. No, get the ball down to your big man. Uh, did you watch uh, uh, Winning Time on HBO Max? No, not yet. Dude, it's sick. Is it's it? sick. John C. Riley's in it, um, but it's about the Showtime Lakers yeah. and kind of talking about exactly that of like with Magic Johnson coming in. Magic was like six nine. They're like he's got to play the post. Like no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, and you don't have to run it through the post. Like correct, run the fucking court. You know, get spacing. It was funny. I, uh, I my fiance is a. A softball coach, and you know she's a sports person. Um, and my, uh, she, you know, she played, she's played basketball. She's, you know, played everything. And uh, my older she brother, chess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you said, you said everything. everything. <laughs> um, but my older brother and his wife are both like writers, and they're into video games and, and that deal. And they came up, and they were like, we want to play you guys in NBA Jam. So that two-on-two old arcade oh, basketball yeah, yeah. game. Yep. They're like, all right. They're like, well, we're pretty good. We've been practicing. And we're like, okay. So we're playing them, and all we're doing is running the court with spacing. <laughs> like, right. just space out and pass the ball back and forth. And both of them kept chasing the ball and, like, running with it. Yeah. It was layup lines. <laughs> like, we just – like. <laughs> We were trying, like me, me and my fiance were trying to get more assists than points. Right. Like we're just like, right. who could get more assists? But seriously, just I take the right, you take the left. We'll run the floor with spacing, and it's gonna be this is gonna be easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a shot goes up, one of us crashed the boards, the other one took off, pass layup. Like it was, it was awesome. Yep. Um. What else? Was I gonna say? I was gonna say something else. <laughs> Steve Kerr, ninth ring. 
Ninth ring for Steve Kerr. Um, <laughs> I do feel bad for for Mark Jackson. <laughs> He's got a free kid. It's so dirty. It's so dirty. <laughs> It's so bad because he's the one who put the three together. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, Mark Jackson was the coach before Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr's first year at coaching, they won the the championship. Yep. (laughs) That just shows how bad Mark Jackson was. (laughs) I think he's a good announcer, but it's so dirty having him call those games. I was um a little disappointed they didn't put Reggie. Like I do I know. the West West ones and Reggie was doing it. Yep. Um I think Reggie's good at what he does too. Yeah. Well, dude, and just just speaking of Reggie, have you seen like this is when I was going back to it with Steph was like everyone always says, like, oh yeah, but if he was playing in like the nineties, like he wouldn't be as I'm like, since when does being the greatest shooter of all time Right. When was shooting not important in basketball? Right. Um, but you see, like, the numbers of Steph Curry and then, like, compared to, like, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, it's, like, a joke. Right. Like, how much higher he's – there was a, uh, a stat that came out where it was uh, most – I think it was finals games where – a player hit six or more threes in a game. Steph is number one with 12. Mm-hmm. Clay is number two with four. And then everyone else is like two or three. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like insane. Oh, hi, Moose. He was there. Where'd he go? What's up, babe? I got him. Good. We're just gushing about the uh, 2022 NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> good at basketball, confirmed. They're good. <laughs> How was your first official Father's Day there, Moose? Pretty good. You know, good. Um, what your kid get you? Uh, get me a <laughs> knife. Atta <laughs> boy. <laughs> that kid have a job yet? Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, is he ready to move out yet? One of those like crazy, just... crazy Japanese knife things. <laughs> cool. I'll let you get settled here. As we uh, we also welcome on a a guy who's battled eight rounds with his computer tonight. What's going on, Quee? So oh, he, sounds like he's gonna have to go nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Queen, you got know. us. Can you? You want to talk? You want to say anything? <laughs> or you just want to sit this one out? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> he's just he's like keep going. Well, happy Father's Day to you, Queen. Yep. How was your first official Father's Day, buddy? Shitty. Oh, he's, he gave us the thumbs up. I, I think you're about, okay, all right. Um, But Moose, what do you got for the pregame? You got anything? <laughs> now that you're settled in? Anything you want to talk about? Oh, Queen's gone. Pregame. Um, all right, <laughs> so let me think. What a disaster. I'm going to immediately fall back on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say that. We need like a segment alert. Yeah. Hot take and one that has been brewing for me for a while is Dak Prescott will not be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys in 2023. 2020. So this is last year? Yep. What if he wins a championship? So you put me on the spot and that's where you're going with. And I'm gonna go with I don't think he's I I don't think that Dak Prescott can't do it. But I think that they've already set him up 
And unlike Buffalo and Josh Allen, where they've done every single thing possible to try to make him successful, yeah, Jerry Jones has done every th- single thing possible to make Dak Prescott a worse football player this offseason. At no like, like Zeke Elliott to me. I'm a Zeke guy. I believe when they drafted him, it was the right move over Jalen Ramsey. I really do. Because I think hindsight is 2020, where people always say, like, oh. would you rather have Jalen Ramsey or Zeke Elliott right now? Right. Well, we get it in Buffalo too, with they took Tredavious White uh ahead of Patrick Mahomes. It's like, well, now we got Tredavious White and Josh Allen. So like right. <laughs> suck it. And like I think that, like, a lot of people don't remember how good Zeke was those first three years in Dallas. And he brought him to the playoffs twice. Now, they they failed not because of him in the playoffs. They failed because the rest of their team or their coaching specifically, both playoff runs. But um, going back to my original point, I could see Dak Prescott playing somewhere else in 2023 because Dallas might actually make that move where they're like, if this season doesn't go well, they could move on from a lot of guys because they're already rebuilding their team. You guys obviously don't follow Dallas the way that I do, but – I really like the infrastructure of a rebuild that they have going on. They just don't have guys that can, that like, they're not going to compete this year. They're going to get beat. They're going to go one for one with Philly and Philly is going to take the, take the division and Dallas is going to have to take a wild card and they're going to get bounced again. It's just the way it is. Their, their play calling is atrocious. And 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 that's and I I think Dak Prescott is a really good football player. If you can't objectively look at Dak Prescott and say this kid is really good, he's a good football player. You're a bad football coach. Like sure. that's just the bottom line. Like no, is he? Is he? And I know we've had this discussion, but like, okay, is he Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers? No, he's not. But there's only three of those guys, so like not everyone's gonna have one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's and, actually and, two and Josh I, Allen's in the league, so I could disagree with true. you. And and honestly, and honestly, the like the Kellen Moore situation is gonna be the downfall of the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. It is crazy. Dak is take the wrath of Kellen Moore's lack of knowledge, and it's going to burn down. It's crazy how uncreative Kellen Moore is. Like, you look at him, and he's a guy that we vividly remember playing college football at Boise State, which has been a creative, like, offense the entire time, like – you know, they've been able to do stuff, and you have all these guys, and you're just watching them. It's like, if CD isn't breaking a shallow, like, what are they doing? <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I actually don't know how much I believe what I, what I said is a hot take. But it's been something that's been <laughs> on my mind. Oh, my God. You right. bastardize the game every time. And so, and. and and I can see yeah. them because they're rolling over $23 million in cap space this season. They're not going to spend it. And, right. and they're going to get Zeke off their books next year. So The thing is, though, like, who are they going to replace him with? And looking at, like, this class is getting a lot of hype, but there's really only two guys who have proven anything, and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Like, all these other guys are kind of like, man, maybe Will Levis, maybe Richardson at Florida. You know, like, it's not 
this isn't the um what what year is 2017 with those guys you know where you're getting five like legit starters like right away i don't think Mm. it's gonna be that i think these two are really really good um this reminds me more of the um like and jury's still out but this reminds me of like going into it of a trevor lawrence justin fields like you have these two and maybe you know a mac jones pops up but um and dallas dallas isn't going to be picking in the top two no you know they're their roster's too good. I saw a side eye from no. Dank there, but I'm no, I'm telling you. Is, my question is, how does a team make a wild card at five and twelve? That, that blows my mind. See, that's you what? being an ignorant <laughs> fan. Chase said the freaking Dallas is gonna end up in a wild card spot. I'm like, how when you go five and twelve, how do you make a freaking wild card? Who said they're going five and twelve? Did he say I that? am. I am. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Quit you on yet? You're just listening, pal. <clears throat> no, I'm a Hey, there he is. How was your first Father's Day, buddy? It was fantastic. What'd your kid get you? <clears throat> oh, I got all kinds of goodies. <laughs> <laughs> Although my my thumbs up before I felt like the thumbs up on the stretcher going out of the <laughs> I didn't think I was. That's what it looked like, pal. That's what it looked like. Holy shit! You got anything for the pregame? Yeah, I have a. uh, I had a couple things. I don't know, but now that we're on episode thirty-four, by the time I logged in here, (laughs) Uh, let it rip, buddy. All right. So, well, I had two heaters. Ooh. I I want to go into. Yeah. Well, the first one, we just saw the NBA Finals close out. Me and Dank talked about that for the first, like, 20 minutes, so. Yep. All right. <laughs> we, love, we love it, though. But what's the heater? Yeah. If you got a heater out of it, yeah. Uh, the best playoff run we've ever seen is a team that didn't have Steph Curry or LeBron James. And what would that and be? And I'll give you my argument. The 2011 From- Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> swept, yeah, boys. swept Kobe in second round, then went to OKC, gave him a gentleman sweep mm-hmm. when OKC had KD, Russell, and Harden, Harden, and then went to Miami and beat the big three in six. It's pretty – I mean, yeah, when, when you put it – That roster wasn't that, even that great. Right, 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 right. So best run, yes. I thought you were kind of flirt with like, because like the 2017 Warriors, I think are the best team we've ever seen. They lost. They lost one playoff game. <laughs> like they swept everybody until Cleveland. They gave Cleveland one game. But yeah, no. In terms when you lay it out like that, that's a that's a hell of a fucking run. Yeah, I was looking at. Uh, <clears throat> I was looking at that. So I, I saw like a stat on it, and I like had to double back because I was like. No way. I'm like, something. I'm missing something. I, mm-hmm. I could have swore the, the OKC series went longer. I remember the closing out Miami because we were actually together. We were at a bar in Wallingford that day. Yep. Uh, but that run in general. Is, yeah, it's crazy. That's like murderer's row. Sure. At that time. You For know, real. Like, <clears throat> um, so that was my my first one my second one is that uh Derek Carr is going to win MVP whoa we wow that is Devontae's that good huh <laughs> yeah yeah and here's my my reasoning for it is he's not even the best receiver on the team no. <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> But when you play, <laughs> first of all, what the AFC looks like now is going to be really hard to not have anyone in the AFC win the MVP in general. And then you look well, at the AFC West in general, like just as a whole, 
their but, value in the running if you are in the wheelhouse of making you know the conversation is going to hold so much more value so like if they even if they lose the division they get in and they win a couple games right like you know they make that call like at the end of the regular season but i, I think I, I they get, got everything going in the right direction to to get it done to make I get all that, arguments across the but board. but i think in terms of mvp like the AFC and specifically the West might cannibalize themselves out of it. Right. You know, like those dudes might knock each other out. Like Derek Carr at, you know, 10 and 7 or 11 and 6 isn't going to win the MVP. No, I, I I agree with that. I don't think they can – he can win it unless now, he win 12 games. Right, right. So, so I guess if you want to put it this way, if – if the Raiders are the number one seed, they definitely earned it, and then Derek Carr is the MVP. So I could see that being set up like that, but whew, that's then, a that's a scorcher. I might have to take yeah, my sweatshirt off for that one, buddy. That's that's what I'm. <laughs> that's that's my uh, my second heater. You can sit on that one. Wow. And I'm just gonna finish up with a quick question for you guys. I want to hear your take. What is the least? What what position in high school sports right now? Era in high school football, what position do you think is being coached the least? Coached the least, and what I mean, Oof. like, because I I'm coaching a position that we you know we did a long time ago, right? And now I'm back in it. I put a lot of time into really studying some quality coaches. Uh, not that Tony's system was bad, but understanding the level of detail and wideouts right from from legitimate coaching yep um is wild because it's completely unseen in high school unless you have a guy that's in the nfl daddy uh <laughs> or played there right like it's really hard to find the right material because we're in this world where you know everyone is an instagram coach or everyone is a Right. Seven on seven coach, and it's easy to get misled with nonsense yeah. stuff that's just not practical for kids. I think in so terms, what you think. yeah, it's like to me looking through it, it's really because we don't have the resources to pay a lot of really good coaches and. There's not a whole lot of guys who are really good that are, like, free agent coaches. Like, you're not going to find a whole lot of guys out there. It's you got to get guys and develop them. And just in terms of staff building, kind of where you put the guy that kind of needs the most it would be running back, you know. And I've had a lot of success running the football. Like, our teams have had a lot of success running the football, but – you know, how much is that guy actually really getting coached besides him being really good, you know? Um, so I think in terms of us just not having the resources to really do, because you have to have, like, your O-line coach has to be a stud. Your quarterback coach has to be a stud. You know, receivers coach has to be really good. Yeah, and then, like, if you have tight ends, that's another guy who – because, you know, when, when you really come down to it, running backs, they're with the O-line or they're with the quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like that guy's by himself a lot. But my that that would be my appeal would be running back is probably getting the least coach. Um, I agree offensively. Um, but defensively, I think, um, you know, DBs, I think, because how many coverages – different coverages do you want run and you know you put that fast kid out there that can you know hang with the receivers at corner and you know how much does that guy really get coached on well, that when i look at it right cover the yeah but like your db's coach is a like de facto coordinator like they have to be treated that way where it's like you have to have all of their route combinations and how we're going to cover it in all of our cover, like DB's coaches put in 
if they're not the defensive coordinator already, you know, they're preparing like a defensive coordinator anyways, you know, getting ready for everything that those guys do. Um, but as far as coaching the kids, I mean – Our DB's coach is really good. Yeah, I, but – Yes, I mean, I get, but it's not. Yes, no, it's I, I it's not. It's not like Madden bubbles, you know, like deep third. Right. Just get into the deep third and stand there. Whoever comes, you come there. Like right. no, you gotta if, get your eyes in the right spot. Right. Yeah. Like if you're getting four hitches, I don't want you just bailing to the third. Like, right. get you get yourself in the mix, homie. Like, get downhill. So, uh, defensively, I would say, you know. I was a D-line coach for a long time. There was a lot of technique. I would say interior defensive linemen are probably getting the least coached because you are doing a lot of stuff with the edge guys. And I knew as the only, you know, again, at high school, you only have a certain number of coaches where you have to do things to set the edge. You have to close trap. You know, you have to hit these pass rush moves. You're, you don't have a ton of time to work the things, especially in an odd front. You know, yeah, we're going to split the double and we're going to do that stuff. But, like, you just don't have a ton of time to teach interior D-line and all the stuff they really need to know. Lewis, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, – Because this is pegging off the, a conversation we had a little bit. I think the easy question – and the easy answer is running backs. But I think any of us that have called an offense, we've been able to survive with our offenses, having a running backs coach that could just kind of service the offense rather right. than add to it. But um thinking about kind of your heavy hitters of what you want on your defense. I think that your, your edge defenders, your outside linebackers, your role safeties are really a, is, is really a group that um, doesn't get the attention it needs. Agreed. Um, you know, in, in, in high school football, if you're a three, four front, you're not a three, four front, right? Like a NFL team where your edge outside backer is actually in reality, just a fourth defensive lineman mm. that once in a while drops to the flat or drops to the hook, you know, um, if you're talking about high school offensive, uh, high school defenses and high school outside linebackers I think that that is probably a position I would say is one of the less coached units um I think corners get a lot of attention because that's an easy spot for guys to kind of hide behind you know in terms of what they know and how it can kind of like cover two corner cover three corner man you know like it kind of it, it just keeps going throughout the years you know like it, it technique is technique but if you're talking about your outside backers that are involved in blitzing like especially in blitzing man like yeah even even <clears throat> coaching some of the all-star games that we've had in the years past around here in in our area I never thought that the outside linebackers got coached up to really be a hybrid player where right. they're blitzing, where they're dropping, yeah. they're playing, playing in space as a force player and stuff like that. So I would say it's a position that is addressed on coaching staff, but maybe not as much as, as we want it to be, Right, you know? Yeah, and like I feel like that position of what you're saying of that edge who is typically if you're good one of your best players anyways. So it's kind of like if you if you can't do it, I'm going to find somebody else. And that's not great coaching. <laughs> like it's it's just not like we'll we'll figure something else to do it there. 
the real answer to what position is coached the least is whatever Dank is coaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever position Dank has, that's the least coached position on the yep. field. We ready? To, we ready to get in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, All right. Today's game is. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> Play a little. Who's your daddy on Father's Day today? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go around and it's uh who's who's daddy in the in the football world of uh who owns who in, in football and it could be past, it could be present, it could be kind of anything. We kind of left a little open ended in our group chat today because we're getting again we're getting lazy with when we're when we're deciding this stuff. This is. Uh, getting closer and closer to showtime. One day we're just like, all right, we're just not going to do it. But, um, Dan, you want to start? Sure. So the uh, the first one that came to my mind was uh, when was it Seattle played uh, the 49ers. I believe it was in the the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Sherman went off about Michael Crabtree just couldn't <laughs> shake his hand. Mm-hmm. But when you watched it, I mean, Richard Sherman back then just locked Michael Dude. Crabtree down. Dude. And uh, that's what happens when you put a sorry ass receiver on Richard Sherman. Yeah. Um, but I think Richard Sherman is uh, is the father I of used... Michael Crabtree. <laughs> just have to do it. Did he? Was it him? No, somebody. Who, who snatched the chain? Was that a keep to leave? That was a keep yeah. to leave. But it was on Michael Crabtree. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, good. I knew there was someone in that had to go. Quay, who do you got? So when I uh, when I was first putting like these lists and stuff together, <clears throat> I went outside of just players. Like I was thinking like coaches mm-hmm. and teams and everything. Yeah, I got some. Of those. Uh, the obvious, the most obvious one I think is Andy Reid. You know, Andy Reid to me is daddy of the AFC West and it's and the AFC in general, I think for right now. Like yeah. it, when you talk about the AFC West, I mean no one's even sniffed like an opportunity to to make a move there. I think this year will be obviously different because of the way teams like reloaded and are starting to figure out like kind of how right. to attack this and keep up with yeah. the pace and seeing it's kind of funny. what Buffalo does, but like it's funny. It's like <laughs> The Chiefs got worse this offseason, but they're still probably the best team in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, it's super annoying, you know. So that I think is the most obvious one for sure. Someone's got to take like Daddy out. <laughs> <laughs> Moose. Um, as much as I hate it, I'm gonna say it. Aaron Rodgers owns the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> You could have said Chicago because he was yelling that too. No. I own no. you. Yeah. <laughs> as as the I guess it's as, just that household. Aaron Rodgers owns that household. Right. As <laughs> poor Ford. As the standard of the Dallas Cowboys on this podcast, I can't let the two best Cowboys teams of the last 25 <laughs> years go by without recognizing that Aaron Rodgers has ruined my life on both <laughs> of those times. When, he, when the Green Bay Packers had no reason to win those games, and it was singly, singly, I don't even know. Single-handedly? Just, single-handedly, yeah. Single-handedly. It was just Aaron. I hate Two him. Tricks. Yep. Uh, mine, the, to me, is the most obvious one. Uh, Urban Meyer on Jim Harbaugh. So <laughs> I had to. I had to. So Urban went 4-0 against Harbaugh. The score differential was 165-99 to in those four games. And you look at the most lopsided game. In that between those two, it was Ohio State. The game Ohio State just demolished them, and Michigan scored like three like garbage touchdowns against our JV squad. So it was really like a hundred point differential between Urban and, and and Jim Harbaugh there. So 
that run was was awesome. It was so cool and watching Harbaugh cry. We can't wait to do it again this year. But yeah, Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh's dad, and they were born like a week apart in the same hospital. Fun fact. Dank, what else you got? Um, so my other one, um, I know Kirby just did it this past year with a very good. good I have this team. one too. Um, but Nick Saban on pretty much anybody that's coached for him. Um, I have that one too. I mean, he he owns the whole college football for the most part. But you know, those people in general. I think I saw a stat uh, a while ago, but not many people. And like those are the best coaches in yes. college football for the most yep. part are the ones that have come from under Nick Saban and Nick Saban just owns them. I think Kirby's the the one that has something to say the most between out of any of them. You know? Do you know do you know what the record is? I do not know what the record is, but 20, I know it's pretty good. Twenty six and two. Damn. Twenty six and two. He didn't lose one until this year, and he lost twice. He lost to Jimbo. And uh, and Kirby. Uh, yep. I got to make me a drink. So, quick, go ahead on your next one. If he stops, just go ahead, Moose. <clears throat> so, the, the next one is pick, kind of piggybacking off of you a little bit, Jank, but for a different reason. So, I'm going to take Belichick <clears throat> as daddy. Mm-hmm. But on his staff right now, and here's why, when you let your OC go, to become a head coach and you just don't fill it because you have no trust or faith in anyone to call your offense. So you just bring in a bunch of assistants that are going to do whatever you ask them to do that have no capability of calling plays on Sunday mm-hmm. is like the ultimate ultimate sign of Belichick is the dad. Everyone else is falling in line like like little children and it you see it like later on i mean mcdaniels is going to play belichick on sunday night football in vegas which is going to be an awesome game but for the same reasons that you said too like he's dominated all of his previous coaches that attempt to do anything but like just looking at his staff like can you imagine in the National Football League not replacing your offensive coordinator <laughs> and just saying, I'll do both. Like, that to me is just wild. I mean, it's it's a system. It's the system, <laughs> you know? Do you agree with that or am I just... No, I I agree with that. Do you have a take Oops, what do you got? I mean... I think uh, does Belichick have a system on offense? We're about to find out. What's up? <laughs> well, that's that's my that's my legitimate question. Is like, what is Belichick's system on offense if it's not coming from the Charlie Weiss tree of guys so- like? Uh, uh Josh McDaniels who's been there forever but like what is his system you know um what was the one we're talking about right now well what I said was that Belichick is is daddy in New England but not exactly the reason why Dank was talking about Saban but like when you look at his staff he let his offensive coordinator go that's been there forever and just didn't replace one. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just said, I'm doing both, and I'm going to bring in as many guys in as it takes to do what I have. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia who've never done it before. Like, <laughs> like, in what world in the NFL do you just not have an offensive coordinator and your head coach is just doing both? For real. <laughs> Moose? Oof. Hmm. You need a minute? Yeah, I need a minute. Go back to you. This one I looked at it, and it's not super fair because he hasn't been there for very long. But like, I was a believer in this guy, and I was kind of at a time where I'm like, culture and like well-defined cultures is what wins games. It's just like, no, no, it really doesn't. Like, hashtags have never won a game, and like all this stuff. Uh, Kirby Smart is Jeff Collins' daddy. 
I the coach at Georgia Tech, and I was a believer in him, but he's like nine and twenty-five. And it's like three years there. Uh, Kirby's obviously two and zero oh against them. The scores have been fifty-two to nothing, or forty-five nothing and fifty-two to seven. So he's outscored them ninety-seven to seven in their two meetings. Like. Uh, and he's just going to dominate that state. And, like, they're trying to make it cool. Like, oh, no, we're Atlanta's team. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Bulldogs run Atlanta as well. <laughs> like, that's still that's still how that works. Dank? Moose, just jump it. Do you got one, Moose? Um, I was thinking – the world of college football getting back on Chip Kelly. Where mm. it's like Chip Kelly from 2004 until 2012 was the best, the best offensive coach in football. Yep. And I think now that he's come back to college football and he's in a spot that's really difficult to win at like like UCLA is a is a pride program right I don't think it's a good program you know and Troy Aikman was a long time ago right and I think like um I think just the world of college football has has caught up to Chip Kelly, where it's like you're no like what made you great at Oregon? You had great running backs, and your scheme at the time was so far advanced from everyone um, that you were able to like really makes make things happen and I think now um I think it's like the world of college football has come back down on Chip Kelly and it's like I remember two years ago I went I I think I said to all you guys I was like I'm gonna get on the Chip Kelly train like I think Chip is gonna do it at uh at uh UCLA and he's done nothing to show that like he's got any of the magic that he had at Oregon. Dude, I was hard. I think he's had signs. Like there's some games. Yeah. He's like, shit. Like they look pretty freaking. After week two or three, I put them in the playoffs this year. I watched them. Like UCLA is phenomenal, but it's one of the, one of the best things I think you've ever said, Moose. And I hate giving you credit for anything because I like hate you. But in like so many ways, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I tell I, I tell people I tell people all the time. It's like, yeah, he's one of my best friends. I hate everything about him, but he's one of my best friends. Um, <laughs> um, but you said it was during Oregon's run, or maybe it was a little bit after their run. I think he might have just left. He's like the things that made. Oregon cool were very easy to replicate. Yep. The different uniforms is the first thing. Okay. Now everybody has different uniforms, you know, except for up tempo. That's easy to replicate. You know, this, this spreads to like go out, recruit five receivers. who can all run. Like that's easy to replicate where you can't, you know, everyone's trying to do what Bama does, but no one can. You can't just line up and play like Bama does. So they're very, very easy to copy what they do. So uh, I think when he left for the NFL, college football caught up to him. And it was funny because, like, I remember his first game with the Eagles. Like, they're going off on how many plays he ran. And, I think, you know, they scored a bunch of points. And they're like, oh, you know, how, what, you know, how does this up-tempo stuff? He goes, up-tempo. He's like, I thought we were slow. And I think all of us who were college football guys watching that Eagles were like, they were slow compared to the yeah. warp speed that Oregon was playing at. Like, yeah. Like, no, they huddled like three times tonight. Like, what are you talking about? This, this is slow <laughs> as shit. 
But um, my uh, no, thank. Go ahead. Me? Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, college football playoffs. Are the daddy to Notre Dame? <laughs> Ooh! Because as soon as Notre Dame gets in there, they get. It doesn't matter who it is. Sacrificial lamb. Act up every time, which is it pisses me off. I, I can't stand them. Um, I don't think they should ever be allowed to go to the college football playoffs ever again. The thing that always bothers me about Notre Dame and like Notre Dame fit is like they've always had this like smugness around them that they think they're in between college and the NFL. Like we're not an NFL team, but like, we're kind of like in terms of like, we're, we're no, we're Notre Dame. We're, we're not joining a conference. Like this is, this is awesome. Obviously they got a huge fan base and all that stuff, but all right. I was a big, I was a big Marcus Freeman guy. Cause he played Ohio state, but he's been talking a lot of shit about Ohio state and they're opening up with them week one. So, Come on home, buddy. Mm-hmm. We'll show you the boot. But yeah, agreed. Anything else on that day? No, I don't like Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. Uh, <clears throat> I got Marshawn against the entire NFL. <laughs> I mean, every every minute, whether he was playing or he was doing something on the sideline, eating Skittles. Talking on at the media, like he just owned everyone, and you can tell Roger Goodell for like a stint of like four years had to cringe every Sunday because of how good he was and just how little fucks he cared about anything. (laughs) Just didn't care about anything, but just took it to everyone. Those and he two told you, like, yeah, every single time he didn't miss one play. <laughs> like those two beast quake runs, because he had another one in Arizona that was like just as good. Um, were just so cool. It was like those are moments we'll never forget. Um, good one, Kui. I like it. Entire NFL is tough to daddy, but I guess he did it. <laughs> he kind of did it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Moose. Oof. You got to come back to me on this one. Okay. <laughs> All this preparation that Moose does. Um, my Man, next one. I've slept. I've slept. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. It's Father's Day. You should have slept till fucking 2 o'clock today if you wanted to. I don't get any sleep. But it's so <laughs> I'm the first guy to have a kid. I'm the only dad. <laughs> God. I'm the only guy with a kid in the podcast. <laughs> hey, I did make it to a Lyman challenge yesterday that our team won. For, yeah, I saw that. That's sick shit. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, I didn't get there. No, oh, no, so he did it. So no, he did not. Oh, that was a big source of controversy that he had to go. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Maybe we'll get him at school A. Um, mine was, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Tom Brady over Peyton Manning. There you go, Quee. Yep. That's on my list. Now it's, it's tight. Like a tiger? Kind of. I mean, it's, Brady was 11 and 6 against Manning. And the last couple, I think 6-5, I think 6-5 went to Peyton. Or something like that, like the last eleven. But it's not even so much as the head-to-head deal for me, as in what Tom is doing now to Peyton's legacy. It's like every year that Tom goes out and plays, like eh, Peyton was okay, I guess. <laughs> like as he keeps playing, Peyton Manning retired, stopped playing at thirty-nine. Tom is forty-four, like. And Tom is still a championship-level quarterback. If the Bucs win the Super Bowl, no one's surprised. And when Peyton played in that last Super Bowl, I mean, he was along for the ride. Like, yeah. he couldn't throw the ball. <laughs> he was he was dead. So, in terms – and, like, you know, if, if Peyton had played, like, just five years earlier, 
I wouldn't be thick, but those two are always going to be compared to each other. And I just feel like Tom is putting him in the rearview mirror now in terms of that. So, like, like I said, it's not even about the head-to-head with me that Tom has won. It's, like, just the legacy and looking back at him, like, no, Tom Brady's that dude. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we – Good Moose stuff, guys. Great. Jesus Christ. I agree. agree. I'm just watching <laughs> – I'm watching Moose – Try to brainstorm right now, <laughs> and I'm watching him hit hey, blocks. Listen, thirty seconds. I said it before, yeah. podcasting, baby. It's building a plan while you're flying. <laughs> like Michael Scott says, sometimes I start a sentence, I don't know where when I'm ending it. <laughs> like you just, like guys, just start talking and figure it out as you're going. <laughs> well, I will say because I am a firm Peyton Manning believer. I think that Peyton Manning did more for the the progression of offense, and that's really Fair. his legacy, is the progression of offense from the quarterback position to the right. coordinator position than any quarterback that's – than any football player that's ever played. Like – No, and I get – Like – he made it to the point where, like, we all are at now, where it's like, if your quarterback is not on 100% the same level as your play caller, like, you're not going to win. Right. Like the Green Bay Packers with Brett Favre, you know, or or other um, – other guys, you know, where you could be a really good player, but at the end of the day, if you're not totally dialed in with the guy that's calling plays, it doesn't right. matter. I think that's where, like, Peyton Manning yeah. still can't give. Yeah, but, but but I guess my point being is, like, Peyton's clearly number two now. It was a debate their entire career. Payton's number two. Uh, all right, speed round. Dank. Um. So Detroit Lions. Uh, <laughs> you pretty much have two daddies. It's Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, because you wouldn't even be known right. if it wasn't for them. So. And they did them both dirty. Uh, yeah. Queen. I'm gonna give you a nice pat on the back, Patty. Ooh. <clears throat> you ready? Yeah. We're going to go back to Miami, Ohio State. Yeah. In the national championship. Yeah. As Miami <laughs> takes a pick down the sideline, fumbles, and I have to watch oh. Ohio State pick it up and run it and then win the game. So Ohio State is a little bit, has a little daddy over Queek. And I haven't been able to shake that. We'll take it. Moose, you got a last one? Yeah, Jerry Jones, because I hate him. Um, <laughs> Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones as a family have ruined the big Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones' is daddy. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Oh, shit. Um, they have ruined the the largest franchise in the world um point where um they actually own us as cowboys fans where like we just want a consistently playoff caliber team and they won't do it they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna allow they're gonna allow themselves to make money enough so that they don't care about us um, but they'll give us just enough so that we get a competitive team every single year, but we're not because we're the Dallas Cowboys. We have too much pride to just break it down and rebuild the roster. Um, Didn't you just say so, that's what you guys were going to do? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but Who knows? Uh, all right. My last one real quick is, the pick route, 
against Thanksgiving Day rivals. I think we haven't lost one since 2011 between the four of us or 2010. I know I haven't. Um, I haven't. So since 2011, and I'm going to jinx myself here. I also have not been scored on on Thanksgiving since the first half of 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Shut them out in the second half of 2018. Shut out in 2019. 2020 canceled. And then we had a shutout in 2021. So, uh, ready to get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. All right, bring it up, take a knee. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our good friend Savino for the use of our theme song, Time Is Money. You can find him on Instagram at Savino underscore music. Look up Savino, that is S-A-V-I-N-O. Thank you to Sarah Wine for the creation of our logo. Thank you to our producer, Brian Miller. Follow us on social media at The Pick Route across all channels. That's Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Pick Route. You can email us, gameideas at thepickroute at gmail.com. New episodes every Tuesday. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm going on another podcast tonight called The Talent Mix. It's run by our producer, Brian Miller, so check that out. Um, And until next week, remember, it could be worse. You could be playing for us. Show me back.